0: In this episode of Man versus Marriage, we're talking vows. What is in a vow? You made some of those if you're married. I just want to remind you. Welcome back to another episode of Man Vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q dog, in the Moran Family Studio with my wife, Jeannie. Hello. And we are here, live from Texas, and want to talk to you today. This has been heavy on my heart. Um, As I go around talking to different men about marriage, it's like, what is in a vow? What did you give your word to do? And Jeannie always references, yes, I'm going to do this because I signed a contract. Well, the words of the contract start with the vows that you made. And so I think it's very important in this day, in this time, with people who are struggling, with people who are succeeding when it comes to marriage, that we talk about vows and uh, ask you the question, which is, are you living your vows what does it mean to make a vow and how seriously do you take that and i know i can be way over serious about things but i believe it's uh i believe it's very important that we talk about this today so with that my question to you note number one what's in a vow so i you know obviously jeannie's here and i definitely want to hear what her take is, guys, so that uh, we can help get a woman's perspective. It's my woman, and then maybe you can go get your woman's perspective. But what is this thing you talk to me about all the time? When it comes to, I signed a contract. I signed a contract. I signed a contract. Um,
1: you signed a piece of paper that says, "I'm yours and you're mine." Yes. So it's part of the contract. Your body is mine. Your mind, your heart, your everything is mine, and vice versa. So usually when I'm saying I signed a contract, it's sexually charged things that we're discussing. But <laughs> there are times where it's not.
0: Well, I mean, you took care of me at my lowest moments after surgery. That when was I part was of the
1: contract for better or for worse in sickness and in health. I agreed to take care of you, period.
0: I don't know that if that was in your, your vows.
1: Yeah. I know that was in my vows. I agreed to take care of you in the the good times and the hard. Okay. Iliostomy huh. bag is definitely hard.
0: Those are some really hard times and uh, very demoralizing times when you're having to have your wife take care of you in that manner. So I don't recommend it if you can help it. So what's an a vow to me? You know, uh, wh- being a guy that takes, like I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say, Um, the vows that I made or the vows I make now Uh, with people, when I give somebody my word, um, it means everything to me. Like I, I commit myself and I, I overextend myself because while I do everything I can to keep up my side of the agreement, other folks don't always look at it the same way Mm -hmm. because maybe, maybe life comes up and we don't readjust or things change or relationships grow distant. And, uh, it, it kind of goes along with the 50 and five rule. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but when it comes to my marriage, uh, I didn't always and it wasn't necessarily. I can't say it wasn't on purpose because, you know, maybe it was just lack of maturity. I don't know. But I wasn't always living these vows uh, to the best of my ability. And like I began to say, I'm a guy who says what I mean. I mean what I say. And it matters to me what my words are. It's like one of the only things you can leave with is. How true were you to your word? And so when I think about our vows, and I've come across them a couple of times, and then, you know, listening to stories and talking to folks, and, you know, maybe this person is on their third marriage, and this person's on their fourth marriage, and it's like, man, this—why? Why are we walking away from these commitments we make? Why are we not seeing these things through? If you started somewhere, if you began somewhere, um, and there and there was love there, and there was commitment, and it's really scary to think that it can get way on the other side. Now I come from uh, divorced parents, um, and my dad's been married. This is third time. This is the longest run, and I think that this is absolute. I don't think I I thoroughly would b- believe this is his absolute. This is his. That's his person. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame that my mother was not, but that's just the way things are. And if there is infidelity or there's abuse, then you're really not going to get pushback from me uh, if you have to end your relationship and and start a new life. If it's just like, ah, well, you know, we're, I don't know, we're just, we're, we fell out of love. I'd push back on that.
1: <laughs> People can't see your face when you do that I wish they could.
0: Yeah, I mean
1: You get this look like, Are you stupid?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't mean it that way, but it's like if you if you're I mean this maybe it's because of my training as a pastor when you think of the ancient act of covenant and how deeply the ancient people held the covenant and the process they went through to say, I'm going to die before this covenant is broken. Mm-hmm. And if it's broken and I broke it, there's a chance I'm going to die because you're going to kill me. Anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, a marriage covenant obviously is not the life or death situation, but I just take it, I take it that serious to say, I made this commitment and this is something that we wanted to do. And I need to live, it is imperative that I live up to my side of these vows to give my relationship every opportunity to succeed. And if I'm not, then what kind of reflection can I do to go back and reinvest myself in it? And the places where I fell off on my vows, and maybe I've eroded my wife's trust, how can I, how can I, adhere to these vows even when I'm not getting the attaboys because I'm rebuilding trust because that's very important. Trust is really hard to build and so easy to break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there that's why to me I'm looking, I'm going, okay, with so many people giving up and walking away from their relationships, it's time we talk about vows and we go through some hard questions. I I want to cause something to stir in you guys where it says, yeah, what the hell did I, what did I sign up for? What did I promise this woman? I think it's important that you know because to me, it's not, I made these vows and well, I'm not cheating on my wife, so that's got to be good enough. No, that's not life. Life is so short. You have the opportunity In this lifetime, to be someone's person, to love them outrageously, and to have an internal impact on their life could be good or bad. I'm choosing good. So how can I do my best to ensure that I'm living my vows so that my wife is getting what I promised her? And in turn, what about you? You... You should do the same. What if one of us takes it more serious than the other? In my opinion, I look at it from personal responsibility and say, well, if I'm doing everything I can to ensure my vows are being lived up, that means my wife is going to be full, and it's going to be a natural process of flow back to me. That's the way that I look at it. Um, And there are things that I do now that are second nature when we're in public that I didn't realize until on this podcast. You said, oh, well, you do these things to make me feel safe and secure. I'm like, I do? Mm -hmm. And then thinking back, it's like, oh, yeah, I do. Naturally, I Mm -hmm. do them. Because there are things that I want to be for you because I said I would. It's important to me that you feel and you receive those things because it's my word that I gave you. And then... I have children that are watching me as a husband and watching me as a father. And I want my words to match my deeds. I want the example that I'm giving um, to be something they look at. So when they go look for a mate, when they go look for a man to get married, they're looking for some qualities that I possess. Because they see the way that you are loved, that you're treated, and my commitment to you and our family. And that's to me why, you know, vows are so important. So I'm asking myself, am I living these vows? And I'm putting myself out there because I'm going to read my vows to Jeannie. And then we're going to find out if I'm living them. And if I'm not, or there are areas where I need to live it more, that's going to be based on, well, what do you need from me? because we you know we just celebrated or celebrating our 23rd year being married and neither one of us are the same person as when we got married
1: mm-hmm. physically
0: or emotionally or mentally things have changed mm-hmm. so as you as your relationship evolves as you change so do your needs and then if your needs are changing, but my vows remain the same, that's really a good thing. But if there's something that maybe I didn't vow or commit to, maybe it's something that we need to adapt. So I think it'll be interesting. Now, look, I've performed a handful of wedding ceremonies, maybe a 20, handful. maybe 20. That's <laughs> four hands full, I guess. Um, so I've written vows and I wrote those vows based on my own relationship and I offer those to the couple that are getting married and somewhere I have those vows and I think I was supposed to get those and, you know, put them out here so that (laughs) I could read them too for the couples that uh, I perform these ceremonies for if they haven't written their own. Um, So I'll have to get some fast action to try to get that figured out. But with that being said, um, Here's what I want to challenge you with today, guys. Number one, um, in this day and time, if you've been married in the last decade, there's a good chance that it's going to be really easy to find your vows because we document everything. Mm -hmm. I document steak. I document eggs. I document coffee on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. So chances are maybe you have access to your vows um, somewhere at your house. Now, my friend, my late friend Chris uh, took my vows and typed them up. For some reason, I thought he typed both of our vows, but mm. it's just mine. And then he put them on this little picture for me, which is a very Chris thing to do. Yes. And so I still have that little piece of him here, you know. So it's pretty funny to look at this um, and just think, man, that's my buddy. And he did this for me. And we had it in a frame for a while, I thought, mm-hmm. somewhere. But that frame is no longer with us.
1: No, that frame did not make it on the truck to Texas.
0: But it, fortunately, this did. And so I'm going to put this up there. Now, In if you haven't listened to the episode, Why Did I Get Married? that talks about the vision in your relationship, I encourage you, once this is done and you and you pin down your vows and where you're at, go back and listen to that. Because another thing that I'm going to do aside from having my vows up is I'm going to have a nice little artwork put together. I'll probably do it myself, but of the vision for our relationship right now, because when we had that discussion and we, that discussion and we penciled it out, it was very meaningful to me. I especially went back and, and listened to it and it's like, yeah, and then I encouraged. I even had my brother go listen to it and say, "Look, dude, check this out," because I think it's important to know what you desire for your marriage, and to and to be able to articulate that. So here are my vows. And keep in mind, this is, this is a nineteen, this is a twenty year old Quincy Moran, and I don't know if it sounds like today's Quincy Moran or different. Here we go. Uh, my vows. I love you. I thought you should know. I actually wrote that <laughs> so I could tell her because. I love to make her laugh, and it did make her laugh there. Not to mention we were both very nervous. You Um, were dancing. You captivate me, and I adore you. My love, I have no riches nor fame to offer you, but all that I am I give to you, strength, protection, laughter, hope, trust, and love. Now and always, I am your man, your husband, your shoulder, and the secret to all your dreams. Praise our God, from whom all blessings flow, and what he has joined together, let no thing separate. Under God's leadership, I will lead, protect, and provide for us. I will hold you, kiss you, and make you smile. I like that. <laughs> Support you and love you, never just enough to get by, but abundantly. Yes, I will love you abundantly. I'll trust you and be true to you always. And I did make it a point to capitalize always, because that was a big deal to me. Um, All that I am, I give to you. And this, I, Quincy, W. Moran, promise you. And apparently, I capitalized all the the letters in promise, because Chris did the same for this picture. Jeannie, in my life, you are necessity. I love you. Amen. So those are my vows. And if I'm asking for you to give me a report card, am I living these vows? What say you?
1: I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah.
0: So you say yes?
1: hmm
0: Good. It's almost like we just got married again.
1: Sign the contract, man. (laughs) What's the new deal?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so those don't sound like I didn't have this really when I made, you know, when I wrote the vows for uh, the wedding ceremonies that I do, but um, they sound strangely similar to those particular vows, Mm -hmm. you know, that I've written. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, what of your vows do you recall or do you remember?
1: Um, I remember promising to respect you and honor you. I remember to, um, I told you that I would be with you through the rough and the easy, through the good and the bad, um, To make you laugh, to make you smile, to lift you up when you're uh, hard on yourself, because that's always been one of your things. Mm -hmm. Um, To be your strength when you needed it, to love and nurture our family, and to follow you wherever God may lead us. I don't know all of the specifics, but that was the gist of it.
0: Well, you're certainly living those vows, in my opinion. Um, I think you've you've definitely lived up to those vows. Uh, certainly, I believe we've both lived up to our vows more over the last decade plus than maybe in the beginning because we might have lost our way a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't think is unique to any marriage. I mean, sometimes you sometimes you just lose your way because life gets heavy.
1: Well, in the beginning, I don't think it's ever easy for anybody because that's when your family and, and all those things start happening and you think you've got it. You think you know what you're doing and where you're going. And, you know, that doesn't always pan out that way when the kids are born.
0: Yeah. We I think we were just overwhelmed. I guess anybody would be. I, yeah, mean, I from mean we had having one to go, you know, the next birth being triplets. So well,
1: 5 under the age of 5 in diapers plus you know, hardship pregnancies and things of that nature. Having to spend time away from each other because I was in a hospital or having to spend time away from you while you were taking care of kids and working a job and trying to take care of me in the hospital. It was it was a lot.
0: Yeah. It was a lot. And just having one baby is a lot.
1: And we were fighting a lot of negative on the outside, too, from doctors to, you know, people we know and love. It was just. Everybody meant well, true, they meant well, but their mean well didn't go over well.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think sometimes when you're going through those types of situations, at least for me. You kind of become numb to the advice everybody gives you. I'm a little different now. But then I was young and inexperienced, a new parent, a new husband, in some of those things that we just did not sign up for. Now, when they became um it's a part of what we had to adapt and mm-hmm. what we what we, you know, willingly took on. Um, because we could have made other choices. We could have walked away from each other. As hard as it was, we could have, but we didn't. But you don't, you don't necessarily, it, I didn't necessarily sign up figuring there were going to be a lot of hard hard days out there. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I grew up with hard times. I mean, so what, what was coming to me that I wouldn't be able to take?
1: Yeah, well, in the family life, I think that we had conjured up in our mind was so not what we had. No. You know, I mean, I always pictured a bunch of boys playing soccer and football and, you know, being a sports family for them and all these different things. And then it just wasn't what I thought. I mean, we still did sports. We still did things with the kids, but it just was not what we thought it was going to be in the beginning.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you know, normal married couple, two-and-a-half kids, et cetera, things might have been different if we just had a couple of kids. You know, I'm thankful for all the children we have, even with today's circumstances, you know, when it's debilitatingly sad. Um, Still thankful. So here are the vows that I wrote, like I've written um, for these wedding ceremonies, and they've evolved slightly. Over time, but it essentially is woman, whoever the woman's name is. I'll say it, I'll say it to you, okay, honey. Jeannie, I love you. I did not put, I thought you should know. Jeannie, I love you. I choose you to be my friend, my lover, and my wife. I will be faithful to you. I promise to love you, honor you. Trust and respect you. Here's one of my favorite parts, which is one of my favorite movies. And I've never got away from this, but it's like this. Come what may, I will love you my whole life. You and no other.
1: You can't get away from it now. It's tattooed all over my skin.
0: It's tattooed on mine too. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the things that Jeannie and I will say, and we rarely say the whole thing. Could you leave the second half for that person to repeat to you? Sort of like, you know, when we go out here, um, when Mo and I were doing some Bible reading, I said, let's start saying this. And it's like in the book of Ruth, you know, it's talking about a greeting. It's the Lord be with you. And the other person says,
1: and also with you.
0: No, the Lord bless you. Hmm. May the Lord bless you. So we'll go out there after this episode and we'll test run that. But so Jeannie and I will say, blah, 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 whatever my whole life. And dot, dot, dot. And then the other person, you know they're saying you and no other. Just, it's a brave heart thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guys long for that, that kind of, I'm a man, I'm committed. Ooh, I'm a dude. I'm going to keep my word. Some guys do. Some guys are flagrant a-holes who are not true to their word and do not value their wife's heart, but only their own desires. But there's women out there who do the same. It's pretty stinking pitiful. Anyway, I digress. So with that being said, um, there's a couple things. What is it?
1: Nothing. I was just laughing at you. Go ahead. Keep going.
0: Oh, I'm working my vows there. (laughs) Um, I can't, I just can't stand it. I cannot stand people being unfaithful to their spouse. And I'm sure... There there are a host of good reasons on why things have happened, but truly, truly
1: then get walk away from it before entertaining. That would be my theory. If if you're gonna if you're miserable and you know that this is not working and this is not your place and you guys are in agreement that this is not working and you need to call it quits, do that before you go and screw around with somebody else have at least that much respect for the person. Because once you've done that, anything you had before is erased in my mind. It's it's like in a sentence, everything before the word but means nothing.
0: Yeah. I, And look, dude, maybe you're guilty of this particular situation and you've changed your life. And for that, you do have my respect if you have changed your life and you have put your marriage back together. I've seen it too often, rip relationships apart. And forever there is some uneasiness or some resentment or some, dis, some level of trust that has a wife or a husband in paranoia. And, and the spouse can't forgive, just can't truly let it go because they've been violated emotionally so bad. Um, so if you're thinking about doing it because you're unhappy in your relationship don't understand understand that you have your wife's heart in your hands and you can do some damage no matter what level of anger you are in just consider she is somebody's daughter okay and so put that into perspective take a step back look at the vows you made really search your heart and say hey what responsibility can i take here how can I put it back together? Because at one point, you love this woman. And things can happen. Look, things happened with Jeannie and I. There was plenty of resentment to go around on both sides. But if you're willing and she's willing, you can put this back together. And the fact is, is that maybe that first set of vows has been violated. Well, maybe, just maybe, You can write a new set of vows and commit to one another to live them every day. I was talking to a guy that I worked with one time about his marriage being dissolved. And I took it way too far. That's just a fact. I took it too far. And, you know, he was talking about the divorce going, going to proceed and what was going on. And I said, look, you realize that you have an opportunity here, it does not have to go this way. Seek counseling. Work with my marriage coach. Yeah, I know, but I I think we're pretty well done. And I looked at him and said, you realize it doesn't have to be. Right? I want to make that clear, since it's you and me talking here. Because I'm an advocate for marriage. Even if your marriage is crappy, as long as there's no physical abuse, I think there's a way to get around it. I truly do. Um, Infidelity is a hard mountain to climb. But uh, with that being said, I just continued to go over to the point where I think I crossed the line. And I think it fractured our relationship. I truly do. But I I just... I think
1: there was more to that story, though.
0: I, I understand there being more to that story, but in the same token, I just went too far. Because I did. But I'm one... I'm one who is from a broken home, and I know the pain that it causes Mm -hmm. long-term. And look, we're adults. Y'all are adults. You're responsible for your relationship. If it's trash, it's over, and it's done, it's done. But if it's not, or it's headed that way, or you both find yourself in a place where you're not happy, go back to your vows, and then go back to the reason that you fell in love. And understand, if you start to water, put seeds in the ground, and start to tend that garden, things are eventually going to grow. Nothing grows overnight. If you do nothing, weeds grow, and they destroy your garden. But if you do things intentionally, you can grow the good things, and as the weeds come up, they will show themselves. You can pull them up, but tend your garden. Water your garden. Keep planting seeds in your garden and you can restore it to its former glory. You can grow it back to being beautiful again. You can. But it's how intentional are you willing to be? How committed are you to going and winning your wife's heart back? Or for that matter, because I know we have women listening, how committed are you to going and winning your husband's heart back? Because, I mean, inside all the broken pieces and the resentment and the hurt is somebody who wants to be loved. And I'm sure, like me, they want to be loved outrageously. One thing that was important to me is when I'm not around, I want my wife to have positive things to think about me because of the way I love her. Do I do things to solve that and to screw it up? I sure do. Let's go talk money. (laughs) We'll figure that out real quick. But overall, looking at my body of work, I want her to know that she is truly, truly loved outrageously. And it has to do with the vow that I made, how much I love her, and that commitment. And we have been in very low places in our relationship. But if I go back and look at how it all started in the friendship that we started with and the smile that we're looking at in this picture for 20-something years ago, And I'm I'm that guy. I'm the guy she's hugging this behemoth of a man with a smile on her face that says he's mine. And I'm like, that's the smile I have to continue to grow. These are the vows that I have to continue. It's not that I have to; it's that I want to. Because this is my person. This is my woman. This is my woman. (laughs) Ah, I'm on a soapbox. I need to wind this thing down. Okay, so here we go. A. I wrote A for some reason. Uh, Measure your commitment. What level of commitment do you have to your vows? Now, this is if you have written your own vows and you know where they are. uh, Measure your commitment to those. B. If you didn't write your own vows, consider writing vows now. And what is that going to look like? Write them based on your desire to love your wife, and your desire to, like I said, you know, to protect her and to make her laugh and um, her to needs. give her hope, etc. Write them based on how she wants to be loved. And I'm not talking selfishly. You know what I? I, I guarantee you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you don't, email me and we'll talk through it. Mm-mm. Um. once they're written once those vows are written and maybe you're trying to maybe your relationship is great and you're just trying to re you're just trying to double down on the commitment that you made plan something romantic to present these vows to her because I think it I think it will make a good memory like a good lasting memory and experience and then write them down you should have them written down at this point Find places to put them where they're very conspicuous and you see them. I like putting things in my mirror in the bathroom because I look at them and they remind me, hey, it's time to get the dog up, baby. You made this commitment. Live it. Live your freaking words. Live your words. Um, and then let me know how it goes because I'm very interested to see. Maybe you have your vows. Maybe you did the traditional vows from church in sickness and in health and until you know, death do us part. Um, maybe you are living those vows, but you want to write some new vows. Let's talk through it. How can I help you? That's the reason that we do this podcast, um, is to help you by sharing our experience. So I'm going to ask Jeannie, not that she doesn't have enough to do, but I'm going to ask her to handwrite out some vows and I might look at my vows and I might re-engineer them as well. And then we can share those with you on a follow-up program. If you have your vows and you want me to read them out to the world, I will. Email me. If you want help or you want to tell me your story about your vows and your relationship, email me. If your name is Dave and you want to be anonymous, we will make you a Jack. If you're a lady, you will be a Jill. So whatever you're going through, whatever your success, whatever your failure, we as a group, as a man versus marriage community, can listen and learn from you. That's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Nope? Just that cut and dry? Nope. Okay. That is it. For this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, that's Jeannie. I'm Quincy. We are the Morans. And this is Man Vs. Marriage, the podcast.